Well, it's wonderful to be here again with you folks, and I really value uh, uh, the years and knowing Chris and Pam, it's a, as you say, Pam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember that's the first time we came over. Uh, my friend that came with me was calling Pam, Pam, and there was no response until he realized they had to say Pam, <laughs> and then, uh, then there was a response. But I'm here with my lovely wife, Jill, and uh, <laughs> we've been married for... Oh, next week, 36 years, is it? 30, ages. <laughs> that 36 years with four children. <laughs> no, it's 36. Yeah, it's, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping it. 36 years with four children, <laughs> seven grandchildren. And, uh, you know, and there's a sense of addition to that as we go on. So, uh, God is good. God is good. God is good. Um, I'm not bringing a long word. I've not brought this anywhere before, so it's a bit of a road tester, really. It's not a long message. It's just something that really struck me. Um, And it was from uh, the Scripture 1 Peter 1.15, which it says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. That can be a challenge to us, can't it? And I think often we can get that so wrong. (laughs) And uh, we can go down the track of uh, trying to look holy, (laughs) you know, and uh, we can go down the track of uh, the danger of self-righteousness and like, look at me, I'm okay, but completely different in your private life. You know, there are a lot of tracks like that. But uh, I've been looking at this, you know, there's such a danger. We can end up being somebody we ain't. Do you know what I'm saying? We can end up being somebody that we, we're not because we're trying to be this holy Christian, yeah? But what I've come to the conclusion is, after 30 old years of charismania, I've come to this conclusion that, uh, that this be holy is be who you are. Be who you are. Yeah? You know, like, uh, like I'm married to Jill. And I'm married, and that's for sure, we got married. But I, I'm going to be married too. And be married means I don't flirt with other ladies. Being married, I've not got my eye on somebody else. I'm, I'm not cruel to my wife. That's being married, yeah? And I enjoy being married. (laughs) She's looking at me. It's not always easy. (laughs) But I enjoy being married. I'm glad I'm married. I am married, but I'm being married. In the same way, I am holy, yeah? Because of Jesus. Not because of my effort. Not because of my, you know, me trying to make myself holy. But I am holy because of Jesus. Jesus is our righteousness. So I am, and you are holy. But the thing is to be holy as well. I am holy, but I want to be holy. You get, you get the, what I'm saying here. You know, getting married wasn't some, um, some incredible effort on my part. <laughs> 
to get married. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't me. I really had to work at this to get married. It was because of love. It was because of love. And I believe in the same way, to be holy is because of love. His love for us. Jesus. Yeah? He is our righteousness. I think the, when I came here last time, I brought this scripture. Abraham believed God. And that was accounted to him as righteousness. From uh, Galatians 3. Abraham trusted in, had faith in God. And that was accounted to him as righteousness. In other words, it wasn't the self-improvement program. He believed God. We all need self-improvement programs. I need one. I've got to watch what I eat these days. Traveling on the road, you eat all kinds of crazy things, you know, that you shouldn't be eating. Late at night, you know, I need a self-improvement program on my diet and a number of other things too. But my self-improvement program, no self-improvement program will make you righteous or holy. We are made righteous because of the blood of Jesus. He is our righteousness. Yeah? And when we know this, we begin to realize who we are. Yeah? And I believe that's what happened with Abraham. He realized who he was. Because I saw a commentary on that verse. It said, Abraham believed what God believed about Abraham. He'd gone beyond what others believed about Abraham. He'd even gone beyond what he believed about himself. And he believed what God believed about him. What do you believe about yourself today? Often we can believe bad things about ourselves and that's how we get low self-esteem. Because we're believing bad things. I want to say to you, God doesn't believe bad things about you. That might be a revelation to some of us. Yeah? I don't believe God believes bad things about us. Yeah? He believes good things about us. Don't always get it right. Like I said, it's, you don't always get it right. Can't pretend we do. You know, there's a danger when we're trying to portray that. You know, but when we do miss the mark, when we are kind of un, manifest something unholy or whatever, the reason it's so bad, it's not that God's going to get upset with you. It's just it's bad for us. We start to feel bad. Yeah. When we do something out of line of of identity, which is holy, and if we do something that would be considered unholy, we realize it makes us feel bad and it's bad for us. And it can be depressing. It can be depressing, particularly if we're caught in a loop of that. I want to say to you, the cross of Jesus can break that loop right now in Jesus. It can break that loop of whatever your addiction is. He can break the loop. Break the, he breaks the heavy yoke. And it's awakened to... to the word call, uh, calls it repentance in the Bible, which means metanoia uh, in the Greek, I think it is, which means to change your mind. That's what repentance means, to change your mind, particularly about what you believe about yourself. See, if you're in a loop of self-hatred, you can end up doing all kinds of crazy things that don't line up to your true identity which is holy, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. But if you're you're believing bad things about yourself, we just get in a a loop of that, yeah? I want to encourage you this morning through the cross of Jesus. Align to who you are. Awaken. Repent. (laughs) Change your mind. Change your mind. Leave that old dead man behind. He dead. (laughs) Yeah? 
Don't try and bring it back to life. Live in who you are. A new creation. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Uh, is that good? Is that good? Yeah. You see, you see, being holy ain't being miserable. We, we, we somehow got it upside down. We tend to think, oh yeah, being like this, being pious and all like, oh, like this and all like that. that oh, so holy, you know. Like, listen, being joyful, I believe, is, ho- is, is being holy is joyful. I believe there's joy. We carry the joy. The joy of the Lord is holy. We carry that joy. I believe it's a good thing, yeah? And joy, joy is attractive, isn't it? You, you kind of want to hang out with people who are joyful. You know, when people are forever, like, uh, miserable and complaining, you know, you tend to, you know, I, I mean, we embrace everybody, but uh, there's something about joy that's attractive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Just had to get that in there. Uh, saved by grace through faith. Not by works and no one can boast. I love that. You see, faith, it's his faith. It's not something we crank up. It's his faith. And faith is believing what I believe. What I believe this. Faith is believing what God believes about us. If we can get that revelation today. So living by faith is not some tough deal. We've tended to portray, oh my goodness, he's living by faith. Oh, the poor person. You know what I mean? It's so tough living by faith. Living by faith, I believe we're all doing that. (laughs) When we believe what God believes about us, we're walking by faith in the Spirit. Not believing bad things about ourselves, but believing who we are in Christ. It's then we will manifest, I believe. That's, That's what we manifest. When, when we, 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 we're a people who know we are loved. You see, it's the people who know they are loved that carry love. You see, if, if we're carrying guilt and condemnation, we, we, you know, if we, we're guilt, we feel guilty all the time and we feel condemned for the terrible things we've done or whatever, then listen, that's what we're going to carry. That's what we're going to project to people. So we'll always be judging people. We'll always be, oh, those terrible people, because we're trying to reflect it away from ourselves. So people who are always judging people, it's because they're trying to turn the attention away from their own situation. But the people who know they are loved, carry love. Christ's love compels us. Christ's love sends us forward, turbocharges us, gives us a love for people, humanity. Not just a few folks in church, but humanity. There's a love for humanity. I believe that's Jesus. Yeah? God doesn't just love, He is love. Yeah? How are we doing here? Living by faith. Living in the unforced rhythms of grace. I've seen it say that in the message. But I want to say living in the unforced rhythms of faith. Too, because sometimes we've prayed, we've, we've thought that faith is an effort. It's an unforced rhythm of faith and grace, yeah? So, yeah, I'm married, and I want to be married, and I'm enjoying being married. I want to say to you, you are holy. Be holy. Be who you are in Christ, yeah? Do it well. Live well. If you're married, live it well. Do well. 
Be holy. Be holy. Be who you are in Christ. Now, when I uh, was last here, I think I mentioned that uh, I go to um, a door open for me. I'll just give a little bit of testimony. But my, when I was in my teens, I was a bit of a tear away. In fact, terrible tear away. And I got involved in bands and stuff and staying out late and everything that was going on in the 70s. I don't need to tell you about it, you know, but I was in trouble with the police a lot and the police coming around to our house and embarrassment for our family and stuff, you know, and uh, it was a tough old time. I think I mentioned last time, I probably did, that, uh, you know, after all this embarrassment, I was the youngest of five and all the others were normal. But, uh, you know, but this, this, this one, Godfrey here, was like way off beam and a, a complete pain for my mother. Just a nightmare. This went on for ages and embarrassment to the family. I, I'm just jumping along. I'll just include, I think I said it last time, but it doesn't matter. I just want to, want to include this because it points something out, I believe. And it's years later, I got married, but, but years later, my mother became ill and went to a hospital for an operation. So I traveled from Wales to see my mother. And she was in the hospital. And I spent a bit of time with her before she had this operation. What I didn't realize was this was my last meeting with my mother because she didn't survive the operation. And this is what I remember she said to me. The very last thing she said to me. She called me over really close. And this is the last thing that I've never forgotten. And it says, she said, Godfrey, you've been a wonderful son. You've been a wonderful son. There is no way that I deserve that. You know, I was the bad boy of the children of five. There's no way I deserve that. Got a buzz. <laughs> the wrong kind of buzz. <laughs> just to stay and monitor that. Just, uh... There's no way that I deserve that. Yeah, I could receive it. I could receive it because all I could see in my mother's eyes was love for me. And it's like all the mess, all the pain, all the hassle, all the embarrassment, the police coming around at six in the morning, all that stuff just wasn't on her radar. It was like it just didn't exist. All she could see was her wonderful son. I want to say to you, I believe that's how Father looks at us. If that's a mother's grace, how much more God's grace that when Father looks at you, do you really think he's saying, you need a whooping for that, you need a deal with that? I believe he looks at you saying, I love you. You're a wonderful son, a wonderful daughter. True enough, you might be living in a mess, you might be in a mess, but the good news is Jesus did something about the mess 2,000 years ago. He took it away. And I want to say to you today, you can live out of that mess by doing what I said before, change your mind. Repent, yeah? And turn away. Because of the cross of Jesus, we can be made clean. And it, and it turbocharges us into who we are, our true identity, who you are in Christ. You are holy. You are married. I'm not saying you are, but you know what I'm saying. Be holy. I want to encourage you in that today. So, when I was here last time, I did mention that some... You know, when I was in my teens, I ended up in a mess mentally because of the drug scene. That's why I'm really quite anti-drugs because 
because I ended up losing my mind, you know, and uh, ended up in a, in, a, in a hospital. So when I got the gospel a few years later, uh, I wanted to go into the hospitals and, uh, and, and sing about Jesus and stuff, but I couldn't get in. You know, and uh, I knew people who worked in them, and they said, there's no way they'll let you in because it'll be like religious mania, you know, they won't let you in there, you know. But 30 odd years later, it was still in my heart to do this, you know. 30 odd years later, I get a phone call from a secure psychiatric unit where uh, the manager said, there's a girl who'd been self-harming, a young girl, a teenager. She'd been listening to your song on the CD, Do You Believe What I Believe About You? And we've seen an incredible improvement. We were wondering, would you come in to the hospital and do a concert? She said, we can't pay you. I said, just give me the date and I'll be there. Well, I went along and just to cut a long story short, three days later they phoned me up and they said, will you come again? A guy out of 40 patients, a guy who'd had manic depression, we've seen an incredible improvement. He just says he feels like a heavy weight lifted off his shoulders. What's happened since I last saw you, now about 15 secure units have opened up for me to go in. These, these aren't these aren't uh, private Christian hospitals. This is the National Health Service. You know what I'm saying? It's free. That's why they don't pay me. <laughs> but I tell you what, I, I go to the hospital rather than a paid booking in a church. Because I know God is on this. So I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of tours of psychiatric units. The Lord has opened them up. And... Uh, Something that's happened now, it started off by doing concerts, but I just felt there's something wrong about just going in and doing a concert. Uh, long story short, but what I do is now I go in with my acoustic guitar and they let me on the wards. So they think I'm a patient. <laughs> I take my guitar and they think I'm a patient. And you know what? I like that. Because it gives me no separation. Yeah. It's not a them and us. As soon as we draw a line between anybody and we draw a line saying it's them and us, I don't care what race, what state a person's in or whatever, you can guarantee Jesus is on the other side. So I I discovered that it's far more effective just to go on the wards, take my guitar and just sing. And I have seen some... I'm not going in there after scalps. I'm not going in there, how many did I get to get? I'm just going in there declaring the goodness of God. Because I believe the goodness of God leads to repentance. (laughs) And I'm just seeing people give up their cigarette breaks and things just to listen to the songs. And that's a big deal in a secure unit. Because a cigarette break is just a, a break from the monotony, you know. And I've seen people just sit at my feet listening to the songs like we're going to do now. Do you believe what I believe? Now, a lot of them feel they've been a disappointment. They feel they've disappointed family. I did back then, you know. I thought, what a disappointment I've been. My life's just a complete disappointment. But the more and more I've gone on with God, I've sensed that God doesn't do disappointment. You know, because he knows us better than we know ourselves. So how can he do disappointment? He knows where you're at. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where you're at. He can't be disappointed in you. He knows where you're at. So I wrote this song, I'm not disappointed in you. Now in the middle of the song, I put jingle bells. Um, And uh, I play all my songs to Jill and she said, that sounds a little weird. 
<laughs> but I felt to put it in there. But what I have noticed is when I've played this song, I've met so many people who struggle to celebrate Christmas for one reason or another. And I've had a number of testimonies who say, while you were playing like Jingle Bells, I just got a sense God dropped something in my heart that it's time to celebrate Christmas again. <laughs> so that's why it's in there. And to be honest with you, it's Christmas every day. <laughs> Ain't it? We celebrate Jesus every day. So uh, we'll do this song, um, I'm Not Disappointed, and then uh, Do You Believe What I Believe. Are you up for this? It's wonderful being with you folks. And um, yeah, so uh, it's been such a blessing being with you. So here we go. Can we stand together? Uh, The song is on this new album. Uh, You can get them at the back. Jill, Jill will help you out with them. It's called a chip off the old block, which is what you are, you see. We're all a chip off the old block. We're made in his, Im- in his image. Yeah, We're a, you're a chip off the old block. You know, the old block. You know, we say it about families. Oh, it's just like his dad. Well, yeah, you are. You're just like your father. <laughs> yeah, you're made in his image. Yeah. So bless you. this in the hospitals over people with suicidal tendencies to sing words like you're irreplaceable 
You are irreplaceable. You are unique. You are unique. Each one of us is unique. Look at our fingerprints. All different. Each one of us is known by Him. Let's sing that verse. Receive it. Do you believe what I believe about you? You are beautiful. You are beautiful. So precious too. You're irreplaceable and unique. Created for this intimacy. And forever we belong together. That's right. Your father saying, And I say, I think you're made. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. Whoa. I say, I think you're amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My love for you never changes. Father saying some of you may feel you've been a disappointment to parents I want to say to you Father God does not do disappointment I am not disappointed in you I never have been and I never will be I'm not or confused thinking you better improve yourself or else I'm done with you no 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 I'm not disappointed in you I'm not ashamed of you thinking oh what a letdown I'm not frustrated or accusing bitter or abusive I am loved and I love you and I'm not bored with you I'm celebrating you I Chip off the old block at home in this beautiful place. Never doubting you. I've no need to shout at you. Hey, I think you're amazing. Though sometimes a little crazy. But how I love to dance with you. La 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 Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle 
Yes, I am love. 